You're listening to the Ashwagandha Advantage Podcast with Francine Schoenwetter, Content Marketing Director. This podcast is sponsored by KSM 66, the world's best ashwagandha. Hello, everyone, and welcome. I'm Fran Schoenwetter, Director Content Marketing for Informa Markets Health and Nutrition. Joining us on the phone today is Colby McClellan, Vice President of Marketing and Product Development for Weeder Global Nutrition. We'll be speaking about a balanced approach to formulating sports nutrition products to support performance and recovery, and specifically about the benefits of incorporating ashwagandha into sports nutrition products today. A little bit more about our speaker today. At Weeder Global Nutrition, Colby is responsible for new and existing, and existing product development from inception to launch. With over 20 years as a business leader in the sports nutrition and fitness sector and a degree in kinesiology and health and wellness, Colby brings his passion for health and physiology and operational expertise to life by creating products that take a balanced approach to optimizing performance. We're pleased to have Colby with us today. So, Colby, I'm going to ask you a few questions and uh, we'll get rolling here. Tell me a little bit more about your background and what's driven your interest in sports and fitness nutrition. Uh, Sure. Thanks, Fran. Thanks for having me on here. Um, Came from a military family, so I had a dad that was uh, in the Army and uh, introduced me to working out at a very young age, got me into sports at a very young age as well. Um, I was a little bit of a hyperactive kid, so I think it was uh, my parents' way of getting me to expend some energy, Um, but it just kind of flourished from there, uh, turned into a two-sport athlete uh, throughout my younger years as well as through um, uh, high school. I came down with an illness that uh, kind of sidelined me, so to speak, for quite some time uh, when I was about 16, Uh, and after that, I just kind of told myself I never wanted to be unhealthy again. So dove right in um, to even more information and more research within the, uh, the body and anatomy and physiology and how that works and went to college, got my bachelor's of science degree in kinesiology. Um, and then outside of college, opened up my own nutrition and smoothie stores uh, in the greater Pacific Northwest area. And it just kind of parlayed into there. One of my customers was the CEO of Weeder. And so the path just continued to uh, where we're at today. So it, it sounds like you uh, you were a driving force then. It was uh, something that you kind of had to do. So since you really dug your heels in and, and uh, went uh, full force into the industry, uh, things have changed quite a bit from when you started out. Um, what kinds of changes have you seen in the direction of the sports nutrition market over the past 20 years? Sure. Um, I think, you know, probably the biggest change was it used to be um, specialty. You know, it was only a select few of the population that really seeked out um, sports supplements as a answer to their questions. So you had to go to a, a specialty store um, like a GNC um, or even a mom and pop, you know, uh, nutrition or uh, herbal store in your community. And, it, you know, obviously now it's it's everywhere. It's big retailers. It's uh, online. 
Um, that has, of course, propelled information access. You didn't have to just go to speak with one of the representatives at one of those stores. You can do as much research as you want um, online to ensure that the ingredient's good, the company that's promoting it is good, um, the product itself, the formulation, you can, you can research all of that stuff. Um, it's opened up the doors for companies to be more transparent with their um, formulations and their labels and their product offerings. And then, of course, you know, variety of offerings where back in the day it used to be your capsules, your tablets and your powders. Um, I mean, now it's gummy bears and, you know, stick packs and dissolvables and chew tablets and, you know, other sorts of chews. Um, and then it's just widened the offerings once again with uh, dietary restrictions. So if somebody is lactose intolerant or gluten-free, uh, the, the changing landscape over the 20 years has just doubled, tripled, quadrupled year over year as far as all of those aforementioned things. So it's really diversified and expanded. And with changes in where people purchase their supplements and access to lots of different formats that can meet different needs. What can you tell me about the customer? I mean, I know to coin the phrase, sports nutrition used to conjure up this vision of muscle head. I'll put that in air quotes, <laughs> right? Right. Um, so what, what could you tell us about the, the shifting landscape on the consumer side? Yeah, I think you nailed it with the word expanded. Um, I mean, the customer has changed but they've also stayed the same. Uh, it just, you know, customers still want answers to their questions. How do I lose weight? How do I gain muscle? How do I increase my, you know, time in a 5K? How do I get stronger at uh, curls? Um, and supplements, as you say, used to be specialized products for bodybuilders or for fitness junkies. Um, and of course, athletes that were a little bit more informed. Uh, but now because of the way that companies market, the science behind the ingredients, um, the access to where you can buy it at your local uh, grocery store, you know, drugstore, or even big box retailer, um, the information that you know is flourishing around the internet as well as communities, word of mouth. Um, those are the things that have changed. Flavor flavor houses have adopted you know flavor palettes to um, to the mass population. So it's not just vanilla and strawberry uh, or chocolate. I mean, you have these, you know, crazy co-branded, um, you know, sour gummy worm <laughs> flavored products, which is just incredible. Um, and then, as I mentioned before about the offerings of gummies and chews and functional foods, uh, consumers are just more apt to try these products because of the accessibility in different uh, modalities. Um, I mean, pre-workouts used to be only for people that w wanted a, you know, real increase of um, energy prior to going and lifting weights. But now there's very specific pre-workouts for endurance and muscle mass and getting a pump, strength, um, and of course, energy. And these are sold everywhere. So they are definitely appealing to a wider uh, base and expanded consumer. Um, and then, of course, you know, we live in a capitalistic country to where competition breeds competition. And I think that's been, um, you know, a huge benefit to the consumer. You've got a larger landscape of very um, uh, large 
you know, consumer packaged products companies that are um, putting together their their whole force of uh, R&D and, um, you know, teams of people to uh, create really good products for people to get um, short-term and long-term benefits from. But I think at the end of the day, that's, that's uh, you know, those are the changes that have occurred within the consumer. But in the end, everybody's still looking for, man, I wish I could lose five pounds. How can I do it? Oh, here's some information that'll lead me into the, re- the direction of the right uh, product. Well, and the market is not just male athletes any longer. It's different age groups and there are more women in the market, people concerned about uh, sustaining uh, health uh, along the way while they're also looking at improving performance and recovery. So with all of this diversification and demographics, how are those changing, changes affecting the way that you approach formulating specific We'll just focus a little bit more specifically here on endurance and recovery. Sure. Um, yeah, you you nailed it. I, it. It does go beyond just a you know a male athlete. I mean, and and different ages. People want um, you know better focus with the the rise in you know ADHD and um, other uh, issues with keeping attention. Uh, I mean, kids are taking you know products that help with just kind of calming the system down and allowing them to focus um, with regards to, you know, endurance. Uh, you just, you know, you have to find those ingredients with the science-backed results that uh, assist in the mechanisms of both aerobic and anaerobic endurance. Um, so we, we take a look at, okay, what kind of endurance are we talking about? Are you, are you looking at somebody who is looking to run ultra marathons and um, everything in between? Or somebody who is, you know, a crossfitter who is looking to put as much, um, you know, damage on their muscle as possible in a very short period of time. And each of those things require very different thought processes in how you formulate um, an end product. And so you just go back to the science. You have to find those ingredients that do have um, clinical research that shows at X amount of dosage that you can put into a product, it's going to be efficacious for somebody seeking those results. Um, so once again, you just have to do the work on the uh, the front end to ensure that the back end is going to give consumers um, the results they're looking for. And then, of course, they're going to tell more people about it. And uh, the cycle continues to help your product uh, gain speed. When you're looking at formulating for um, very specific benefits, um, are you looking are you looking at very specific ingredients within each product for those specific benefits? And I guess more specifically here, are you looking at certain botanicals, and is that something that's emerging more or something you've always done? So I was wondering if you could talk to that a little bit, just about how you think about the types of ingredients that you might use. Uh, for, uh, well, well, let's let's look at recovery in a specific way. Sure. So, yeah, it all goes back to okay, what what kind of product do we want to offer? Do we want to offer um, capsules, do tablets, um, a drink that requires powder, um, and then from there that kind of 
puts you down a certain parameter that you must work within because obviously with capsules, you can't fit as many milligrams or grams inside of a capsule that you can inside of a powder. Um, so it kind of allows for you to check the boxes of, you know, who's our customer, um, what, are, what are their buying habits, what are their, um, their supplement taking habits, and then you can basically say, okay, hey, if we're going to create a powder, then that opens up a, a larger variety for us to put in ingredients because you can add, you know, 20 grams of protein, 20 grams of other ingredients um, into a powdered product. And I think for, for us personally, it always comes back to what's your driving ingredient. You always got to find one ingredient that you can, you know, maximize the dose on um, or the amount you're putting into the product to give the benefits based off of the science. So if something says, hey, at one gram, you're going to get uh, this increase in uh, X as your result, then that is, you know, a story that you can build your product around. And then you look for complementing products. Um, if you're, you know, going to stay in a lane where you are using botanicals, do you go with nothing but botanicals? Is this a plant-based phytonutrient-delivering endurance or recovery product? And what are the synergistic um, ingredients that will allow for that driving ingredient to not only do its job, but do a better job because you've got some wingmen along with it? Are, are you finding that consumers, your customers, are looking for specific ingredients or are they focused more categorically on a specific benefit only and not as concerned with those ingredients? Or is there a growing, uh, a, a growing shift towards a certain class of ingredients, whether it's uh, medicinal botanicals or plant-based? So I'm, I'm just wondering if you're the way that you're formulating is, is changing in that way. Are people again, focused on benefit only, or are they also looking for specific ingredients because of what they've heard and what they read on the internet? I think you have, you know, once again, a variety of those expanded consumers that we talked about. Um, some are looking for specific ingredients. Uh, some are looking for very specific branded ingredients at the uh, clinical amount that they've read uh, which shows benefits, um, and others are just being introduced to, let's say, an entirely new uh, offering of product. Um, as we know now, you know, plant-based products are on the rise and are, you know, creating full lines of offerings for products that were that used to be um, just for, you know, whey products and other type of animal-based nutrients. And so it's introducing a whole new mode of ingredients to somebody who maybe knew that they were there, but didn't have the real wherewithal to understand the benefits of it. So I think you're going to find that a lot of people um, will continue to gain more knowledge because they see it on the shelf. They see it online. They hear from their friend about the benefits that they receive from taking it. And then they go and research, okay, is this appropriate for me? Is this going to be, um, you know, right for my lifestyle? And you hope that at some point they adopt uh, that product as a trial period and that it works for their, for their system and their lifestyle and other, you know, factors that they have within their life. Um, so I think you, 
you, again, you, you have that wide spectrum of people that look for specific ingredients that know exactly what they want. And then you have people that are on the fringe that are still trying to figure it out. Um, and then, of course, others at the other end of the spectrum that are brand new to this world of supplementation and uh, are happy to uh, be led down, you know, a few different paths. Well, let's talk a little bit more specifically about ashwagandha. It's it's not from Wakanda. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, although that's uh, that publicity from Saturday Night Live, I think uh, gave a little bit of a boost um, in terms sure. of awareness of the ingredient and maybe opened up some new opportunity even by having people ask some questions about that. So why do you think, outside of the skit, why do you think that ashwagandha is getting so much attention right now within sports nutrition? I think, you know, ashwagandha is a great example of a science-backed ingredient. Um, The KSM 66 ashwagandha that we use in our Weeder Prime product um, has so many different clinical studies to support their, their benefits. So you, it allows for you to make claims on the product that people can say, hey, I am taking this product and I'm looking for this result. And KSM 66 has done a great job of providing the information based off of those results. So if you're looking for increased testosterone or lowering of cortisol, um, muscle mass and strength, you can see a direct correlation with clinical studies that they have done to show these are the benefits that you that people received within that study. And so I think that's the biggest thing is once again, you have a, a great ingredient that's an adaptogen. Um, adaptogens have been around for a long time. I don't know how long Ayurvedic medicine has been around, but I know it's been, you know, for um, a very long time. And these types of uh, products gain steam because of the amount of um, R&D that is put into the back end. Once again, we've got an ingredient, we believe in it, and we're going to test it, and we're going to prove that it does X, Y, and Z to A, B, and C. And that's, I think, the benefit of what ashwagandha is doing inside of the marketplace is they're they're saying it's going to do something, but they're also backing it up with uh, the proof. Well, I really love that we're seeing botanicals that have been used in traditional use. And traditional Ayurveda is the oldest school of healing on the planet. People uh, over 5,000 years old as documented. And traditionally, the view of ashwagandha is as what they call a rasayana, um, which means that it supports whole health and longevity. Um, And my understanding is that the term adaptogen is actually a pretty new term that that was created um, in the Western view, um, but kind of encapsulates that. But I really love how using um, a botanical that has provided benefit over millennia uh, for for whole health and longevity um, can also have that support and science backing for specific activities in the body and, and how it can uh, support very specified actions. So when you formulate um, are you thinking about that that balanced approach? Um, are you finding that customers are 
are looking for that or responding to that, looking for something that's balancing short-term performance enhancement with long-term benefits? Yeah. I, you know, I think that that's probably the most difficult uh, balance being a product developer because consumers still want the quick fix, the magic bullet. Uh, they have the results now mentality. Um, you know, it, the, the body is very adaptatious, but the only magical pill that I've ever heard of within my years of being in this industry um, is time and consistency. So for all the performance and physiological change that you want your body to do, it still requires a certain time period and you know time under tension to where you're adding that pressure of, um, of making it adapt. And getting strong, losing weight, feeling more energy, these all requires an approach that is more long-term. Uh, we try our best to address the issues uh, that assist people for the long term because that's the overall benefit. You want somebody to live a long life. You want somebody to be healthy that long life. Um, but you still want them to to feel something from the product they're taking so they can uh, say that it's somewhat measurable. Um, you know, things that are measurable are are different for every single person. There are some, you know, clinical tests or tests that you receive from your physician that are measurable, whether it's lowering cholesterol or um, if you want to, uh, you know, talk about circulation or something like that. Um, but there are some things where people go, well, I want more energy. And I took, you know, this product and let's say ashwagandha, for, for instance, I took this ashwagandha product and it gave me more energy. And then maybe somebody over here says, well, I didn't feel the energy, but I felt, um, you know, something else. And so, at the end of the day, I think that's the, the main thing that we try to do, like ashwagandha, is find the balance within our development to give you a little bit of that short-term stuff, but also give you that long-term stuff to make a well-rounded, um, you know, whole life, if you will, product that somebody can, you know, enjoy taking for long durations of time. Can you comment about testosterone and natural testosterone production, which happens in women as well as men, and its effect on performance? Sure. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, we, as you say, both, both men and women have testosterone. Uh, we both have estrogen as well. They're the main uh, sexual hormones, but also just um, hormones that uh, define uh, male to be male and female to be female. And testosterone is one of those things that unfortunately reaches a peak um, at a certain age. Uh, they say it's anywhere around the age of 25 and then starts a gradual decline of about 1% per year um, until, you know, the duration of your life. And testosterone is one of those things to where you have a few different factors with regards to the range that testosterone plays with inside of your physiological makeup. So if you're 40 years old and you've um, endured a decrease of 1% of testosterone over the course of 15 years, well, your range is going to be different than it was when you were 22. However, it's still at 100% based off of your age. So if you're 40 years old and your range is 300 to 800, um, as far as the volume of testosterone in your system, you want it to be at the top because you want it to be, you know, optimized at 100%. Uh, 
which is going to assist you in, you know, vitality, energy, and then of course, you know, performance. Um, there's a direct correlation with testosterone and muscle due to uh, muscle protein synthesis. So that's your your muscles abilities to accept amino acids to create more strong, um, more in, endurance-based fibers. And as you're working out or as you're training or as you're just sitting here talking on the phone, your body's naturally leaching out or losing amino acids within those muscles. And of course, that accelerates as you apply more pressure to them through exercise. And the number one thing with regards to recovery and building uh, the fibers to be either bigger or stronger, depending upon how you're training, is to incorporate that those aminos back into the muscle. And the only way to do that is through muscle protein synthesis. And what they found is the higher the testosterone, the greater speed of muscle protein synthesis. Therefore, you're going to get better performance if you are taking a product like KSM 66 that keeps your testosterone at the highest level within the normal range based off of your age. And ashwagandha, of course, has clinical studies to show that it increases uh, testosterone within the normal range. So that's why we use it within our uh, products. You use it at the dose that they use inside the clinical studies. And there are clinical studies on um, KSM 66 website to show you the benefits that you will receive from uh, increased testosterone. And what about VO2 max? I mean, what what's happening in, for the body when we talk about VO2 max? Sure. VO2 max, um, that one is, you know, the volume of oxygen that is maximally uptaked uh, or um, I don't know, is that a word, uptaked? <laughs> what Sounds is that good. out to? <laughs> um, but VO2 max is the amount of oxygen your body can take in and process to deliver to your muscles. And I think one of the large uh, components of that would be cortisol. Um, you know, stress, the stress hormone cortisol is something to where if you are getting ready to do a, um, an event, uh, whether it's a, you know, light workout or a intense workout or even a competition um, that requires you to perform at your best, that cortisol hormone kind of sneaks into your um, your pathways and starts to do its um, uh, its job. And one of its job is to uh, raise up the stress level. And that's what we don't want. Uh, as you have more um, cortisol in your system, it increases your heart rate, it increases blood pressure, it increases that stress uh, level uh, or anxiety, and a whole bunch of different physiological issues uh, come about when you're trying to perform. You know, we want to relax. We want to calm down. We want our heart rate and our blood pressure to work optimally. And we want to be able to focus on the, um, the timeline of the event, whether it's a sprint or a 50 mile run or, you know, a high intensity workout. And we want to be able to take our system and make it perform optimally. And so that's where ashwagandha helps with VO2 max is that it helps 
once again, balance out the amount of cortisol that's flooding into your system and allows for you to relax that, uh, that cardiovascular system and for you to be able to give more output during um, the exercise or event, which of course then increases uh, your abilities to accept more oxygen and uh, have better performance. And again, KSM 66 ashwagandha has clinical studies to support that it has uh, increased in VO2 max, and uh, that is why we love that product for that specific benefit as well. Well, that's funny because that was the next question I was going to ask you, and I think you've answered it there, which was uh, what drives you to use a particular ingredient like that. So I think you just answered that uh, <laughs> with clinical uh, clinical science uh, backing. Um, I'm going to wrap us up here, and I want to just ask you if there's any other thoughts or considerations about formulating for health and the use of ashwagandha that you'd like to leave us with before we close. Um, I think, you know, ashwagandha is a great, again, driver ingredient, um, and I go back to that adaptogen word, where it really does do its job inside of your system of helping regulate to that wonderful word that I learned 25, 30 years ago called homeostasis. And homeostasis is the balance within your body for all of your different regulatory systems to be able to do their job without any hyperactivity. And I think we've seen um, a lot of cases on the rise of different uh, autoimmune um, issues coming about from uh, inflammation, uh, over-inflammatory uh, reactions, and it still goes back to you want to be able to have that balance in life um, within, your, within your body. It's kind of like the work-life balance. You don't want to work too hard. Uh, you don't want to play too hard. You want to have the balance between both. And same with your body. You want to have a good homeostasis for all those different chemicals moving around and ashwagandha's uh, ability to be an adaptogen within your physiology helps out. And so that's why we continue to look for um, KSM 66 ashwagandha as a driving ingredient in a lot of our formulations. Wow. Thank you so much. Well, I really uh, do thank you, Colby. And Thank you all for listening and learning today. Thanks, Fran. I appreciate it. You've been listening to the Ashwagandha Advantage podcast. For more information on this and other related health benefits, please visit us at ashwagandhaadvantage.com. Ashwagandha.